Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to History Box, and we continue to unravel the saga of canoe man John Darwin uh, from about 15 years ago or so. Uh, the, the man, of course, he disappeared, faked his death, uh, escaped Panama, uh, came back, and uh, that was f- all for two hundred and fifty grand worth of insurance fraud. Have you have you ever told your kids about the case of John Darwin? I don't think I have. I guess that I you told, have been. <laughs> I told Len about it, and it was it was fucking. It was just a, you realise as you're telling it, this is a brilliant story for a young boy. Right? Yeah, he's just like the yeah. eyes get wider and wider. <laughs> But even he, when he said, how much money did he get? And I said, about 250 grand. Even Len, who is 10, was like, what? 250 grand? What? And he told his kids he was dead. <laughs> but his favourite bit, because as you fans of the Leniverse will know, Len's, one of Len's favourite things and greatest talents is making up names. Mm. Fictional names. Yeah. So why we got into it was he actually said that John Jones would be a really terrible made-up name for someone. Really and I said, I said, there's actually a guy who did go on and like, try to hide his identity and oh, change right. his name from John Darwin to John Jones. And he refused to believe that anyone would have actually been that stupid or unimaginative. But it's um, uh, to listeners, if you've got a kid... Um, if, if you've got a kid around, you know, eight, nine, ten, something like that, to just call up the, and you, you know, you, you're struggling to find, they're annoying you. Mm-hmm. Right, they're, but they're, because they'll be annoying. They'll want you to entertain them or yeah, interact with them yeah. in a way that you don't have the energy to do sometimes. So I like to dish out, we both, I feel, give tips on how to deal with those moments. And mm-hmm. I would say just call up the fucking John Darwin page. Mm-hmm. on wikipedia because a kid when they understand that this is a true story it'll blow their fucking mind definitely definitely um we, we might get to the point where we um we find out about the source of john jones as a name because there is a story behind it <laughs> there is <laughs> there there's is. a story behind how there's he came up with it john oh my god john jones. yeah <laughs> but we'll get to that my name <laughs> yes it's um jones <laughs> John Jones. Is John. Uh, John John. No, uh, John Jones. <laughs> so John, John, John human being, of course. <laughs> right, so the bit we got up to, which is very tantalising at the end of the last one, was this line. On 1st of December 2007, 
John Darwin walked into the West End Central Police Station in London, claiming to have no memory of the past five years. I've got no memory. I'd like to report myself memory free. (laughs) I'm turning myself in. Is it a crime to have no memory? Well, if so, guilty as charged. I remember nothing. Now, officer, (laughs) I remember nothing, and I thought to myself, "What do I do? I should go to the police." But I thought, "Hang on, I remember what the police are." How come I know what the police are and that they should be the people I go to? How do I remember that? Mm, You tell me. I approached another human on the street. I said, I've lost my memory. Who should I turn to? And they said, an organisation known commonly as the police. And they pointed me in your direction. I thought, shall I get the Ghostbusters? No, I think I need the police. And uh, I will need a solicitor. (laughs) Which I also have some recollection of. <laughs> so he's got it at the West End Central Police Station in London. That's the same police station that the uh, police in Get Back, the Beatles documentary, emerged from. Ah. It's on Savile Row, I think, oh, up the top end of Savile Row. Now. That's an upmarket cop shop, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's a well-famous one. I'm sure lots of other um, celebrity criminals have been banged up there as well. Oh yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, I mean, of all the of all the police stations in the country for John Jones stroke John Darwin to walk. If you're going to turn yourself in at a police station, you, and you've got your pick, you think I'll turn myself in. Where should I turn myself in? And you think, oh fuck, I'm not turning myself in. And where was he from again? He's from somewhere quite weird. He's from Hartlepool. Right, so he's like, oh fucking Hartlepool police. Nah, been there before. I want to do this. If I want to do this, I want to do it right. What is the country's most glamorous and glitzy police station? Obviously, West End Central. It's worth the train fare. But obviously, I have no uh, memory or recollection of why that might be. But I'll go there anyway. <laughs> so, the the fucking, I don't know, the story is that he's found himself in the middle of London with no memories. And he's gone to the police station. Um, and then it says, on this is the, all from the Wikipedia page. This is our only source. We might uh, refer to other sub-sources throughout the the deep dive, but the the main source is the Wikipedia page. Read along if you want to. Um, It says, His wife Anne, who had sold up her British properties and moved to Panama three months before his reappearance, uh, Anne expressed surprise, joy and elation at the return (laughs) of her missing husband. (laughs) 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 Who, of course, she had been flitting around the world with um, buying yeah. property and having holidays in Costa Rica and such like places. Um, I can't remember why he decided to do this. Was it because he, they needed to register themselves in order to start up the property business in Panama? Yeah. They needed to, like, but, but, but you know, what he thought is, I've had my 250 grand, right, I've spent that, but actually now we've moved on and there's more opportunities and we're back mm. on our feet. So it would actually make more sense now to turn myself in and um, and then hopefully just be able to continue with the life I had before. Yeah. But, I mean, it just shows such little foresight. You know, memory loss or no memory loss, the fucking insurance company are going to want their fucking money back, aren't they, off the missus? Absolutely. I'm just looking for the reason why. I think we mentioned it last week. It was something to do with that. He couldn't get his passport. His passport had to be... Um, They're not accepting the John or... Jones passport. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> they just say... They just they say that the name is too far-fetched. 
<laughs> we're sorry, we're it's, not accepting a passport like that. John Jones, it's, he must be fucking joking. <laughs> we want a legitimate passport with an authentic sounding name, not a name that sounds like it's been made up on the spot by an a idiot. A name like John Sutton <laughs> or John Gilbert. A proper name, not John Jones. Or Jeremy Chichester. <laughs> you do, you yeah. do know the name system, don't you? You simply take an, a, a Christian name, male or female, beginning with J, followed by the name of an English market town. Beginning with right? C. There you go. Oh, it Jason wasn't just beginning with C. It was, it, was, it was, could be anything, wasn't it? Because we had Jimmy Wigan. Yeah, Jimmy Wigan. It was, uh, no, it's anything, yeah. Yeah, it's anything. But so the first name's got to begin with G, though, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, like John Barnes. Yeah, John Barnes, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, are you beeping? Um, what does it beep, say? Beep, Beeping Timmy. Yeah, claiming to have no memory. Uh, Anne expressed surprise, joy and elation at the return of her missing husband. The UK police, by that time, had already suspected that Darwin might not have been dead. <laughs> of course We're not. We're suspicious you might not be dead. <laughs> With all the sightings and everything. Um, it says since Anne despite portraying herself as a broken hearted widow took foreign holidays planned to sell the family home in Hartlepool to move to Panama and transferred large sums of money abroad so it's almost (laughs) as if the police didn't just accept the story that he'd drowned in his canoe even though there was no sign of a body Uh, they, they kept an eye on this and I think if you watch stuff I'm like... I'm astonished. In the current context as we're recording this, the, there's this big furore over the the government, like the Conservatives and all the rest of them, having a, a, part, a Christmas party at number 10 during lockdown last year. And um, obviously there's sort of various people clamouring for this to be investigated by the police because it broke lockdown rules. And the defence of the Justice Secretary and anyone else who's been asked about is... Look, maybe there was a party, maybe there wasn't. I can't remember. It was a long time ago. I've been to a lot of parties. Similarly, there's been lots of nights in my life where I haven't been to parties. I cannot remember which sort of a night this was. But what I will say is that the police are very busy and they're not in the business of investigating things that happened over a year ago. (laughs) That was Dominic Raab, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, it's sort of like, well, listen, mate. (laughs) They, they, there was a fucking small-time former prison warden who went missing in a canoe. <laughs> His wife claimed, you know, 250 grand, which in the scheme of things is not a fucking large sum of money to an insurance firm, right? And the police stayed on this case for fucking years afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. So this must be... It must have been that policewoman from the... Um, what do you call it? New tricks. No, no, not new tricks. Uh, Unforgotten. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think I never. I got think that's what watching. it's called, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Sanjeev Bhaskar yeah. and the other woman is great. Uh, Nicola yeah. Walker, yeah. Mm. And the writer of that series, you see what he did? No. Okay, he tweeted. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he did a funny tweet. I'm gonna look it up. It is relevant to the John Darwin case. Very relevant, actually. <laughs> Very, very relevant. Okay. You can edit all this waiting. I mean, it's, I'll just I'll just fill in. As somebody else said, Rolf Harris wouldn't have been locked up if police didn't investigate crimes that happened more than 12 months ago. It, it's just... 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I've, we've had conversations about other things where I, I just get enraged about people's intelligence being insulted. <laughs> uh, this is just a fucking prime example of it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, basically I, what someone said was, it's not fucking minority report. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, it's not like they, 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 like the only way crimes have ever been investigated ever, as the John Darwin case is an example of, is retrospectively. There's not a fucking statute of limitations that if you don't fucking investigate <laughs> the crime, like within the first six months, then it's null, null and void. I mean, we were talking about Peter Sutcliffe in the the episode yesterday. I, I do seem to recall Peter Sutcliffe was charged and convicted of crimes that he had done going back as far as six years when he eventually ended up in court. So, you yeah. know, crimes, there isn't a 12-month fucking period where after that you get away with it. If you can evade the law for a year, you then get off. It's tempting, but uh, that's not how it works. That, that Kit Malthouse was on the BBC Breakfast this morning. And he was given the, the the party line, which they're all trotting out, which is, um, I don't know whether there was a party or, or what it was, what, what, the, what the gathering was, or even if it happened. But what I do know is that no rules were broken. I am certain <laughs> of that. Even though I don't know anything about the thing that you're talking about or whether it even happened or not. Fucking hell, they were all there, man. I can't fucking even find this. Uh... Oh, well, let's not worry about it. Can you, can you remember what it was from your brain? He just, he's, it, yeah, it won't be funny though. He just basically wrote, um, he's the guy who wrote Unforgotten. And if you're unfamiliar yeah. with Unforgotten, it's just about a detective who specialises in picking up cold cases from many, many years ago. Mm. Usually when a dead body is found under a building that's being renovated and they find these yeah. old bo- buildings and they, they trace it back somehow using science and they go, all oh, right, this person disappeared 20 years ago. And, uh, and the geezer who wrote these series, he goes, I wasted my time writing five series of this award-winning show based on uh, on the myth that police will ever investigate crimes more than a year old. I feel like a right idiot. It's like, how many different ways are they going to kind of like twist the truth and just try to wriggle out of their fucking blatant corruption. It's just... It's very bad because they did... There was the Dominic Cummins thing and they tried to keep him in post for ages, successfully, in fact. And then in the end, it was only the fact that he fell out with his wife. And it very much smacks of like when you hear about royal courts in in Paris or in Mm. here in England, you know, in fucking medieval times, that it's all about courtiers, isn't it? And who's Mm. in and who's out. And there is no... There is no fucking reference whatsoever to the like the basic principles of a kind of liberal democracy, no. you know, where you're answerable to people and there is a democratic process no, and there is accountability. That well that. But it was bad because people, you know, we all go out and get frustrated or angry, say, if we're on, on a train and, you know, there's, a, there's like half the cunts on there aren't wearing masks or you're in the supermarket and there's some fucker without a mask coughing next to you or, or yeah. whatever it is, right? And people can get angry i try not to but you know the majority the vast majority of people who are taking all the precautions necessary right they get fucked off with these other people right mm. but then you think well for fuck's sake you know that dominic cummins flagrantly broke the rules at the height of the first lockdown mm-hmm. now we're re- now we're hearing and reading this and actually there's some of us who'll get angry like you and i are now going oh they're corrupt they're outrageous 
but there's other people, and they're usually the people who don't wear masks or don't even want to get a jab, who just think, well, there you go. I mean, if it was that bad, then the government wouldn't be risking shit like that. Yeah. So, obviously, it's not that bad. Do you see what that's I mean? The thing, that's the thing that really fucked me off with the Cummings thing. And that was, it was the Cummings thing in his press conference afterwards that led to a, a, a little outburst that I had on Twitter aimed at Michael mm. Gove after Gove oh. tried to defend him. And it was, it was, the, it was based on that about the whole thing about he was um, testing his eyesight by driving to fucking Barnard Castle or whatever it was and back. Um, And it was up until that point, COVID was a national emergency, if you like, which everybody Mm. was in it together. And everybody was following the rules. Everybody realised how serious it was and the rules were there and they were imposed and everybody followed them. And if you didn't, you were kind of like almost a social pariah. Yeah, and we were in like a state of fucking mass panic almost mm. as to how bad this could be because you know people were dying left, right, and centre. And the minute that happened, and the minute it came out that he'd been out for a little car ride, and the government closed ranks around him, and that's the minute when it stopped being we're all in this together, and it became one rule yeah. for some, one rule for another, and the whole fucking house of cards collapsed. Then, but it, it, you um, know, the, 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 that, that's what it worse. says to us, but to a lot of people, they don't get angry; they just sort of think. Well, yeah, because it's, right. it's easy at times like this, when, when it, especially when it first started, like we're all a bit used to it now. When it first started, it was like nothing had ever happened like this, in, certainly in modern times. Yeah. And so everyone's a bit like, is this real? This feels like something out of a fucking film. What's going on here? Dystopian right? nightmare. And so yeah. it's sort of easy to think, to convince yourself, because it's so alien. I Basically, I don't think it's true. That's what I think a lot of the people still now. They'll, they can't allow themselves to believe that it's true. Yeah. It's like climate change, because if you do, there is a, there's a very real risk that you could go insane. Uh, and I mean that, like you could go fucking insane, right? Yeah. And some people are very worried about, you know, they've got a subconscious fucking fear about the fragility of their own sanity. Because every thing. day, all of us are suspending our disbelief every day to stay fucking sane under any circumstances. The, the vast majority of people in this country have had an incredibly cosseted life for decades now, mm. since the end of World War Two. Are you saying that we need a war? No, I'm not saying we need say, a war. That's the problem with this country, we I'm haven't had a saying, good war. I'm not saying we need a war, I'm just saying that that life is a lot like you use the word fragile life is a lot more fragile than mm. people kind of imagine everyone's is even before mm. this happened there's yeah, this yeah. thing where people say every every single one of us is one or two bad decisions or pieces of bad luck yeah. away from fucking being Living on the street or fucked. being dead yeah yeah and, and, yeah, and, and that's true. totally true like life is arbitrary we have very little control and you know in all and actually any moment in in your life where you allow those things to seek to, because I can say them now in a sort of a frivolous way because I'm not really in a bad state of mind. But when I've had bad states of mind in my life, that's when I've started to think, oh, life, it's impossible to control life. Anything could happen at any minute. Fuck it, probably will. And then you fucking can spiral. Your sanity can really go into a bad place. Jalapeño. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves 
without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. And so when something really genuinely massive happens like that, of course there's going to be a lot of people... And I think for understandable reasons, who go on the front foot and just go into denial mode. And there's mm. still loads of them around us. And it's very easy to do it. It cannot be. I, I'm not seeing a zombie apocalypse. I'm not seeing people like collapsing street. And you actually see it in all sorts of social ills as well. You know, it's mm. like my mate was going to me. Yeah, people talk about racism, but it's bollocks. It's just what the papers do to wind people up so that there's racism. And I say, what the fuck are you on about, mate? By the way, he'd just come back from living abroad for 20 years. He went, well, I don't see it. I don't see it. And I go, well, for a start, you're white. For a second, you live in a, a very, like, white area with almost no diversity. Do you know what I mean? Thirdly, you've been living abroad for 20 years. And fourthly, it doesn't matter whether you fucking see it or not. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're unlikely to fucking see it. But people are like that. They're like, I'm not seeing it. And they were the same with COVID. They're like, I don't actually see it. I haven't mm. seen anyone die of COVID in front of my fucking eyes. Therefore, I think it's being exaggerated. It so it's exist. quite a mad thing to think. But I think people do it sometimes to preserve their own sanity. It's the same as you'll mm. have people going, I don't believe global warming's as bad as they say. Because they can't afford to allow themselves to believe the truth. Because the yeah. truth is sort of almost too terrifying for them to contemplate. It- but but if if the... You know, Dominic Cummings goes on his car ride or the government have a party that is just the proof those people needed for what they already believe which is it's being exaggerated because they're trying to control us it's not really that bad and of course it and now all that's confirmed because all those fuckers were having a party and they know more than us so they obviously know it's not nearly as bad as, as they're telling us I, I think as well though it's like that, that cosseted thing it's, it's like uh, Covid requires action Personal mm. direct action, climate change as well, to a lesser extent, almost in some people's minds, that requires direct action. And some people are just like, they've, they've, they've become so comfortable in their bubble that it's like, well, I'm not prepared to do anything direct. Yeah. That I, I'm going yeah. to change my behaviour because that, that seems like a bridge too far. So they won't <laughs> yeah. fucking do anything because they're just fucking yeah. lazy. Do you know what I mean? Well, uh, yeah, I think people are scared as well as lazy. I think people are like, People, I think they're more lazy than scared, to be honest. You, th- you think, fucking hell, I'm not sure I can fucking cope with the reality of this, so I'm just going to pretend it's not happening. And in fact, and but I don't want to look like I'm burying my head in the sand, so actually I'm going to gather, I'm going to go out of my way to gather evidence mm. that, that, that disproves this fucking thing that people are trying to scare me about. You go around and you fucking gather evidence, whether it's about COVID doesn't exist, Fucking global warming doesn't exist. Mm. You know, racism doesn't exist. Any of the fucking things. And then they'll just tell I had an argument years ago with a mate who was very ordinary from an ordinary background. Like, and we we ended up getting into it. 
And I just remember, I can't remember the details of the argument. He's a, he's a good mate and I like him. But we had this weird argument where he was claiming to me, and this is about 20 years ago, that poverty didn't exist. Right? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he went, come on. How do you know? How do you know poverty exists? He said, poverty exists everywhere. It's all around us. He went, well, name someone you know who's living in poverty. He went, he went where do you read about this? In the papers. In the papers, the papers will tell you a lot of things aren't true, mate. Do yourself a favour. Believe what you see, not what you read. There is no poverty. I said, well, why would would anyone be like, who do you think is making up the existence of poverty? The government? What purpose would that serve? Surely they'd be telling the opposite lie. But sometimes you can get into it with people and, and they don't, you know, people can say, well, I don't think the sun exists. I think it's a fucking illusion. And you go, no, I'm pretty sure it exists. And they go, no, we'll fucking prove it. Have you been there? Have you been to the fucking sun? Have you touched it? Well, no, that'd be impossible. Yeah, that's what they tell you, don't they? That's to stop anyone going up and investigating it. They tell you, oh, if you get even close to it, you'll burn and you'll melt. And that's the way they fucking keep you away. (laughs) The poverty conspiracy. Fucking hell. There's loads of fucking... People say it about anything, mate. Because people can't fucking handle the complexities of the fucking world. They they want to believe things are simpler than they are. Because they're simple. Because people are simple. There's been a gradual erosion of intelligence for decades now. They're intellectually lazy, yeah. Oh, completely. You know, I I look at examples like watching repeats of Bullseye on Challenge TV late at night, where they have a spelling round, or they have a question about something in the Bible, or something, uh, uh, what the meaning of a word is. And the questions are like, fucking hard some of them there's one the other day when it was can you spell the word appellate can you spell the word appellate Appellate. like you have on like you have on your shoulders no no appellate what's that it's a court a court of appeal oh i've never heard of that so let alone spell it i never even fucking heard the word mate there's you, Sam Delaney, yeah. Britain's top journalist, unaware yeah. of the word appellate, let alone how to spell but, it. Back then, Britain's best journalist, I don't know who it would have been then. I reckon it was Brian Walden, right? Oh, Der- Derek he would have fucking known. Derek he Jameson, fucking... probably. Derek Jameson, I would have. An appellate? Of course I do. A-P-L-A-L-E-T. Next fucking question. Never. No, it wasn't a question of a Britain's top journalist. It was a question for some fucking carpenter from West Yorkshire. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So and he, and he, he fucking it. knew it. He spelled it. So well, I tell you one of the things, right? Paddy McGuinness is asking it, that on one of his so-called quizzes that he presents now. Well, you know, like boredom has been basically there is no such thing as boredom, right? Because there is not a second in the day where you can't be fucking doing something to yeah. stimulate your senses. There's so much to choose from, yeah. Right. Uh, whereas back then, back then people were so fucking bored that you had no option but to fucking learn about shit. Look, look I mean, up my dad. And my mother-in-law fucking bangs on about this as well. But he lived in Stanmore, which is, you know, it's it's a it's a part of North West London. But it was it was sufficiently rural for him to tell me, or claim at least, that when he was a boy in the early fifties, that his only source of entertainment was he'd have breakfast in my service on summer holidays, he'd have breakfast in the morning, and he said, and then I'd just fucking go out and I'd just go around like in the woods and whatnot and I'd just look at birds and trees and insects and just <laughs> fucking he went because there was like nothing to do so you just go and then, then yeah. you get a book from the light and you think what's that and then you start thinking I saw this bizarre I don't know what it is 
So then next day, you'd like be up the library. You'd get a book that told you what the things yeah. were. Then you'd go back into the woods yeah. and you'd just like stare at the tree, work out which one it was. Then you'd stare at the fucking insects and work out what they were. Then you'd have a little notebook and write down notebook, what they were. Yeah, exactly. Maybe draw yeah. a picture, right? But he wasn't doing it because he was like some sort of nerd. It was like because he was bored shitless and That's there was no was. PlayStation or iPhone. So he's like, oh, I might as well just fucking... I can't sit around the house all day. I've seen everything here. I'll go and see what's in those woods. What's that? Oh, a beetle. Brilliant. <laughs> do you remember Do you remember the I Spy books that were yeah. around when we were kids? That was it, wasn't it? You'd like, this. you can still get them. I'm just looking it up now. You can still get I Spy Creepy Crawlies. And I don't know how many they sell. They probably sell about nine or ten copies every year because people don't go around spying Creepy Crawlies and jotting them down in a book anymore, do they? Well, or what, do about they? George, I don't know. what about George Michael? George Michael, when he was a kid in Bushy, yeah, also sort of northwest London, not far from Stanmore. Interesting. Also, Possible. where Belton John was from. Possible link. Very, very interesting. <laughs> anyway, George Michael, all he was into when he was a little boy, right, was creatures and creepy crawlies. Creepy crawlies, yeah. He'd go out back, and all he would do is get his little magnifying glass out and look at creepy crawlies and make notes. And sometimes he would capture them in a jar, mm-hmm. and he was obsessed with them. Then one day. He fell off his bike, hit his head. Bang on the right? head. Right. Got a bang on the head, fell <laughs> unconscious, woke up. First thing he did when he woke up, wrote Careless Ruck Whisper. Careless Whisper. The rest is history. Got on the bus, wrote Careless Whisper. Never looked at another creepy crawly again as long as he lived. Came out no of fucks. his coma. They yeah. thought he was going to be dead or in a coma forever. And his mum was going, oh, George, George, is that, George, are you, can you hear me, George? George, can you hear me? Tell me, George, can you hear me? <laughs> Right, and he's come <laughs> round. They've gone. Oh, George. he's making a noise. Oh, what's he trying to say? Oh, he's making. What is he? He's screaming. They got closer and closer, and they just heard him go. Oh, George, you come back to us. But how do you feel? I feel so, so unsure. unsure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> George. Do you want to look at your insects? I brought them in the jar for you to see. Ah, oh, fuck them. I'm not interested in them anymore. I'm a pop star I'm only now. interested in writing pop music. <laughs> <laughs> fuck the insects. Smash them all. Smash them jars. <laughs> and that's the History Box George Michael sub-episode. Um, uh, where are we? Yeah, so he's uh, he's gone at the police station. Um... And I've lost me, me place. Yeah, there it is. So the police had a keep, kept an eye on Anne. It says a police financial investigation had already begun three months prior to Darwin's reappearance, following a tip from one of Anne's colleagues. Oh, she was grasped by a colleague, uh, connecting her claim on her husband's life insurance and her subsequent emigration to Panama. Well, I mean, that's fair enough. As far as uh, they yeah, knew, of course. I mean, he was it's dead. not that suspicious. It's he like he's money, dead. Gone abroad. She gets her money. Yeah. She goes to Panama. I mean, yeah. these police are like, oh, I don't know about that, Mrs. Darwin. There's something funny going on there. She's retired to Panama. It's like, well, yeah, but her husband disappeared. It's really sad. Maybe she wants to start a new life. Mm. So that's a, a bit of a busybody grassing her up there. Yeah. Um, and it says then, um, the Darwin's cover story unraveled after the Daily Mirror published a photo of the Darwin's taken in Panama in 2006. 
The photograph had been discovered when a member of the public, might well have been Anne's colleague, stroke grass, uh, a member of the public searched for the words John, Anne and Panama in Google Images. This <laughs> 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 is the member of the public. This is not the police. This is this. Does this make you think, right? Because I can never understand the mentality of a grass, right? <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. It, it, I just can't understand the grass mentality. And if someone at the at the work has gone, um, this she's been behaving in a suspicious way. I think I'll tell the police. I think that her husband's death was faked, right? Or whatever yeah. this fucker thought. Why? I mean, we've all got busy lives. Why would you go to the effort of fucking tipping the police off, right? And and then also, um, you know, there's another person, or maybe it was the same person, doing a strange Google search, John and yeah. Panama, right? So what <laughs> I think, what this is telling me, and it's only, obviously, it's just speculation, but maybe Anne mm. was a workplace wanker. Because the what? only thing... Well, what, not. I don't mean literally. I don't say I was she say, was masturbating. Well, no, I think she was a workplace cunt. She could have been yeah. because yeah, it was a revenge cross. When you think about, it, you think I couldn't give a shit about any of the colleagues I've had if mm. they if I felt that they'd been doing something nefarious or whatever. I'm not fucking reporting. I haven't got the fucking time or the wherewithal. I haven't got the yeah. heads headspace right to be grassing them, but. What if they were the, think of like one of the biggest bastards, like think of that cunt who set you up at the video shop and yeah. got you sacked You're on trumped up charges. You were effectively yeah. framed. Yeah. With him, I think I would grass him if I was mm. you, I mean. I mean, I could name several people who I Maybe. haven't liked. Maybe. I, I can't say because. I'll give you an example. You know, there are, there are plans what? that I have. There's plans that I have for a, uh, for that eventuality, maybe one day we'll see. But um, where I went, were we? I went. To, I went to um, when I was working at Comedy Central. Right, it was half term, and my daughter was about. Um, I think she was about seven. Yeah, and it was half term, mm-hmm. and I'd been working really hard. So I said to her, "Listen, she, I think there was a childcare situation like you get sometimes." Now I was the boss of my department. Right, I was. Yeah. I, I had a. I had a serious job title. I was. A, I was. A, you know. I was and not the, like a fuck. I was in. I was a man of great importance. I'm the boss right? of the department. Yeah, I'm department head. Sam the lady. <laughs> <laughs> Let me in. Beep beep. Ring ding ding. It's department head. Sam the lady. Let me in the office immediately. I have a security pass, but it's not working. <laughs> Let me in. My security pass isn't working, but I shouldn't need one. You should all know my face. Right. Buzz me through. <laughs> um, that that actually was basically a daily occurrence, but that's a separate story. No, that, it was a it was a horrible place to work. Right, it drove me it drove me to the worst of my drinking and drug abuse. Oh, I hated it. Right, there were so many awful people. Anyway, that was where I we fucking, first met. That was where we first met. Uh, yeah, actually, no, was. that was my first spell at Comedy Central. Oh, at that stage, one. I was just I was just. Um, that was like, they'd just put me on some, they'd made me like a d- development sort of, they'd give me like just a job to sit chatting to people like <laughs> you, coming up with ideas. It was when I went back a few years later and they gave me a, a big job. Ugh. And that was when it was in Camden. And it was, and anyway, I, well, anyway, one day I said to my daughter, why don't you come in? Because Nickelodeon's there. The offices were really cool because it was MTV offices, right? 
So it was very colourful and they had a massive plastic fucking SpongeBob SquarePants in reception. It was an interesting place to be, right? You sometimes mm. have pop stars coming in and out and whatnot. And I said, yeah, why don't you come in? Because there was no one to look after and my wife was working. I said, come in. You can sit by my desk, do some drawing or whatever. You know what it's like. People take their kids into work sometimes. Come, come in, draw by my desk for a little while and then... At lunchtime, we'll go out. I'll leave early. I'll do a half day. We'll have a bit of lunch, come home. It's Camden, so it's quite interesting. There's a market. I thought it'd be fun for her. And she was really excited because I'd been working hard, so I hadn't seen much of her. And so I took her in. I was quite proud. She came in and she thought it was a wonderful place. And there's the big SpongeBob and there's all these interesting things. And then someone rings up and says, oh, remember, we've got a meeting this morning. And it was with an HR person and some other fucking executive person there, right? And I said, oh, all right. Okay, I said to my daughter, you come with me. It's just a meeting about something or other. I walked in and these two women, right, they looked at me and then they looked at my daughter and they looked back at me and their faces were like fucking thunder, right? (laughs) And you would have thought, this is a little kid coming into an office. If if someone brings a little kid into an office, I mean, I make a fuss of the kid. I always do. I'm Mm. sure you would do the same. Do you know what I mean? It's just like your instinct, isn't it? Make them feel welcome. Yeah. Uh, they and they looked and I said I introduced her, right? And they mm. said, and they didn't do, they didn't say hello. They introduced her, this is her name, and then, and the one woman said, yes, well, I don't think this is acceptable. And the other woman, who was the head of HR, said, you are in breach of several company rules by bringing <laughs> someone of this age into the office. There will have to be a full investigation. <laughs> And frankly, it's highly inappropriate for you to have brought her to a high-level meeting such as this one. You will have to leave the building immediately. Fucking hell. Right? My daughter burst out in tears there and then. Because she thought she was in trouble and she thought she'd got me in trouble. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't going to fucking... I wasn't going to kick off in front of her and make it worse. So I just said, fine, we'll leave, right? So we left, but don't worry, on the way out, I went into the uh, Nickelodeon bit and just took loads of merchandise. <laughs> yeah, I'll fucking go, but I'm having all these SpongeBobs and the fucking Ninja Turtles as well pencils. while I'm at it, you cunts. <laughs> right. I'm taking seven pencils. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. Try and stop me, dickheads. <laughs> okay, so I can't have fucking, those. Stop fucking crying, have them pencils. Fucking workplace cunts. The workplace can't. So I go to the rest, like the sort of diner place across the road, and I bought her a fucking milkshake. And I'm not joking, Andy. I was like, right, I quit because that was so mean. And although it was an isolated incident, I was like, it's reflective of a sort of a work culture, a culture within this place that is toxic. Mm. Do you know what I mean? On Mm, so many levels. It wasn't that just they made a cry. I was just, what kind of attitude is that? In a corporate environment where everything's taken so seriously that you cause a scandal or a senior member of the fucking team bringing in a daughter for a couple of hours. I thought, these people are just fucking wrong in the nut, right? But I would say the chief, it's at the boss, she got wind of it, of what had happened, and she called me and personally fucking apologised, said, this is unacceptable, can't believe they made your daughter cry, it's a fucking storm in a teacup, and I'm going to, you know... Yeah. tell some people off about it and that brought me back from the brink on that particular occasion but what I'm saying to you is mate I would grasp any of the fucking people involved in that story yes. like this bang I yeah. would fucking grasp yeah. them in an yeah. instant that's the grassing right? line the grassing threshold but it, 
But it has to be someone who has been an actual proper cunt, yeah. not just some random. And so what I'm saying is, to bring it back to the John Darwin case, is that I think Anne must have been a bit of a cunt to someone cunt. For, the, for them to have bothered to grass her. Yeah, yeah. You could be right, but we'll, we'll have to wait and find out in the next episode to see if there's any more evidence of her being a workplace cunt. Um, because that's it for this one. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Be careful. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.